Uh, Brother Glenn Badonsky, uh, you guys, they're sitting on a hill. There's the whole family, uh, Brother Glenn, Mary Beth, Elijah, Zoe, they're family for us. They've been hillers since the beginning. They were hillers before hillers were hillers. And, uh, and so we're just excited. I know he's chomping at the bit. He has a powerful word for you. So Brother Glenn, come up here and drop it on him this morning. I would hug you, but then we'd be breaking protocols. We ain't going to break nothing but the devil's backbone this morning. Come on, somebody. Thank you so much, Pastor Mike, uh, so, so much for just giving me an opportunity to be with you all this weekend and to be a part of this awesome revival that has been going on in your hearts. And now this serve timber and staycation is about to really manifest here at the end of the month. We love Pastor Mike and Lorena Conaway. They mean so much to us. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for their love in my life and God's love flowing through them. And so when you uh, enjoy the ministry of Double Portion Ministries, when you partner with COA, who's our partner ministry, uh, or who we, we're their partner ministry, I should say, um, you are able to help us to do so much for other people. But this is all going back, as he said, you know, before City on a Hill was a, was a dream in, in, in Pastor Mike and Lorena Conaway's heart, it was, it was in God's hands, amen? And you and I, as we grow this thing, and it's not the, it's not the church of, of Koa that we're trying to grow, it's the kingdom of God that we're trying to grow, amen? That's why we're partnering with uh, New Philadelphia. That's why we're partnering with the 7x7 Seven Seven revival and the Not My Son campaign. And all these are important ways and also means to get the gospel. How many know you've got to use what you got to get what he wants? Amen? And if you haven't used what you got to get what he wants, my prayer at the end of this message is that you will. So grateful that my wife and my family, uh, and we uh, had to actually get out of Dodge real quick because we had a girl named Sally trying to ride a couple of days over by us. We were from Mobile, Alabama, so it was out there, and we made a call literally on Monday afternoon just to say, okay, we got to get out of here. Uh, because if we didn't, we wouldn't have been able to get here and be able to uh, be a part of some of the things that we had to set up for our evangelism and uh, even the 7 by 7 revival last week. But we made it out safely. In fact, we had more rain coming into St. Petersburg than we did leaving uh, in, in Alabama. So I, I believe it was a good call. Uh, but thankfully... Uh, there was many prayers prayed, uh, and our, at least in our area, it wasn't as damaged, but there is a lot of damage there in the Gulf region. So as you remember this week, please lift up uh, our, the rest of our country, especially there, and also the wildfires and all the things that are going on in our nation. Okay. Anybody ready to have church? We could do church, but I don't want to do church. I want to have church this morning. Amen. You didn't come all the way here, and if you're joining in online, it's okay. You can get on the couch, and you can jump on the couch cushions, all right, if you need to. But this morning, let's get in our Bible to Exodus chapter 4. I'm going to tell you today, um, Brother Glenn is going to teach a little bit, but why Tyrone wants to preach this morning. I am just feel it in my bones today. Exodus chapter 4, and I will just bring you into a little bit of what's been happening in the chapter before this. Of course, Moses is out there walking in the wilderness, out in the middle of nowhere, and he sees a burning bush. And out of that burning bush, God is calling his name and tells him, take off your shoes. How many know it's got to be God to tell some folks to take off their shoes? Amen? And as he takes off those shoes, he had to understand that the ground he was about to step on was different from the ground that he had been walking on. Amen? 
Uh, no, it was the same ground physically, but it was something supernatural, something spiritual that was about to take place. It was consecrated ground, and it's also a way for him to become vulnerable. There were, he was out there with all the crags and the rocks and the sharp stones, and taking off your sandals in that area meant that even no matter what happened, he wasn't going to be able to run away from whatever was going to happen to him without hurting himself. How many know that sometimes we try to run away from what God's doing in our lives and we end up injuring ourselves? I can tell you that from firsthand experience when I wasn't serving God before I was saved and well behaved. I was running from God and I was injuring myself and hurting my future. And and, and that's something that, that, that we see here, kind of a, a symbolism in the text that God wants us to be vulnerable when he calls us into his presence. Can you be vulnerable this morning? Can you be vulnerable with the word of God this morning? So what happens is that God tells him, take off those shoes, and then there's a conversation that begins to happen. And we're going to break that down this morning. But the main text is here, Exodus chapter 4. And listen with me this morning. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what's that in your hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it to the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And, and he reached out his hand and caught it and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for your word. I pray, God, that your anointing would flow over this text into our hearts. And, Lord, that we would hear your voice this morning. And, Lord, not only would we be hearing it, but, God, we would be encouraged this morning to not just listen, but to do your will today. And Father, I pray for those that are tuning in right now, God, that are going through, even online, I pray, God, that there would be a change for them, Lord, a change in the sanctuary right now. We praise you and thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? amen. Now, if I want to highlight the verse that I really want to get the message or the point across, the message across to you, it's going to be Exodus 4.2. It says, the Lord said to him, What's that in your hand? And that would be the title of my message here this morning. You're going to hear that phrase over and over again. And I'm hoping that on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that you're, you're hearing that echo of God when you're doing things in the week. How many know that we can hear it here on, on, on the moment that we're listening to it? God is doing something. But then later on, it's like this divine echo that bounced off a wall or, or came out of nowhere. It's like the angel flew over our house and just threw it in one more time. Or it came out through a song or something we heard somebody say, and this phrase, what's that in your hand? I, I, I pray that the rest of this month, even through the rest of your life, that you will hear this phrase because it can change the way you look at things. Amen? You think about Moses, number one, he, he, God was, a, was interrupting his comfortable life. Now, I don't mean he was so comfortable, but he was, you know, he was on, the way you look at Moses' life is broken down into 40s, right? So his first 40 years, he was in Egypt. The next 40 years, he was in the wilderness. And the next 40 years, he was getting the people, leading them through the wilderness on the way to the promised land. And so 40, we know, is the number of testing. It looked like he got tested three times at least, right, in his life. But he goes into this idea of, I'm out here, I'm in, he's approaching. 80 years old, and he's thinking about, you know what, I'm, I'm about to retire. I'm going to be able to sit out here on my front porch and rock it out. <laughs> 
But God had other plans. There was a bush that was on fire that wasn't burning up. I mean, like not burning up, but it was burning. Amen. And it was on fire and so on fire that, that it made Moses stop what he was doing. And he started looking at it because it was different than what you would see as a normal fall. Number one, what was it doing on fire? And as he approached it, he understood that this was not a normal situation for him. And this, this bush that, uh, that, that is burning is about to uh, unretire Moses, right? He's about to actually hit into some, uh, another, another chapter in his life that he, he didn't even have an idea was coming. Do you know that God has a chapter for you that you don't know is coming and it's going to be good for your life? You're going to help other people get to their promised land? Oh, my Lord, you should have shouted amen right there. Now, here are the rules, even online. If I say something good, something that makes you want to shout, you shout amen, hallelujah, that's good. If I say something that makes you mad and want to make you go back over to your car and get in there and run away or do whatever you got to do today, you say amen, hallelujah, that's good. That helps me preach faster and you get home quicker. All right, amen. I like to get talked back to every now and then, all right? Amen. There she. Okay, now, I got my, okay, there's my amen corner. I found them. All right, Jesus, we can move now. But we think about this. Moses had many doubts. He's arguing with God. He's giving all the excuses in the world. He's trying to ask all the A, B, C, D, E, F, G, uh, and then uh, one, two, three, four, five to infinity questions on God because he doesn't believe who he is in God yet. And sometimes we don't believe who God's called us to be or where God's called us to go because we're too busy looking at our yesterdays. We're too busy looking at what we have now. And we think what we have now is not enough for the journey that lies ahead. But I want you to know this morning that Moses didn't know what he had in his hand was enough for the journey God was going to take him on. And what you have in your hand and in your heart that God is going to bring to life in you. Come on, somebody. He is going to use that for the journey that lies ahead. You just got to trust the Lord and He's got to show you how to use that thing. Amen? All right, now, I'm, I'm, that's just, uh, Tyrone ain't preaching yet, but he's coming. Amen? But he had all these doubts, and he kept coming up with, with excuses like I do and like you do, right? He says through the third chapter, he's telling them, well, what am I going to tell, tell Pharaoh? How is he going to know that you called me to, to get these people out of here? And, 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 and when I go to my, my, my brothers and, and, and the Hebrews, who, who, who am I going to tell them to tell me? That? A bush on fire? They're not going to believe that, God. No, and God just is divinely answering every single question. And finally, Moses, in that fourth chapter, he comes and God's like, I'm having enough of this boy right here. He needs to get on the journey, right? He says, but what, well, suppose, uh, you know, what if? Anybody ever live in the, the land of the if-onlys or the what-ifs? What if, I mean, a what-if will not let you even get out the car door. Forget the car door, it won't even let you leave the front door. What if? What if a meteorite comes out of the sky? What if NASA didn't pick it up, you know? Man, we can be paralyzed. We can be immobilized by the what-ifs in life. But I heard something that uh, what's not possible with man is possible with God. Amen. In fact, the Bible says all things are possible. And I can do all things through Christ who hmm, strengthens me. Amen. I want you to be strengthened this morning. I don't want you to be what if in God today. Amen. Because sometimes you what if to the past and then you all try to recreate some nostalgia that ain't even there no more. Some people say, what if I did say yes to him? Or what if I did go with her? But let me tell you something. Life has moved on. They are not as fine as they used to be. Amen. 
you're going to try to struggle on your snuggle, you better snuggle up to the Bible. Amen. Snuggle up on the Word of God. Amen. It'll keep you away from, you know, uh, every Tom, Dick, and Harry. <laughs> It'll keep you away from the ones that are going to ruin your life. What if? Forget about the what if. Just say, what did you say, God? And if he didn't say nothing, and he didn't say change, he didn't say to do this or do that, just keep doing. Keep doing, but keep checking. Amen? He's saying to God, what if, you know, just suppose they don't believe me, and suppose they won't listen to my voice. And then God's like, okay, I'm not going to get into this. He just said, what's that in your hand? What's that in your hand? Now think about it. What do we know about what was in Moses' hand? Well, it's a rod. It's a shepherd's staff. It's something that he's been using every day of his life as a shepherd out there in the wilderness. It's probably been with him about 40 years. And the thing that was in his hand, he, didn't, he thought he had learned how to use it. He was leading sheep, right? That's what he was. That's what his, if you didn't know, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to give you the Cliff Notes version of it. He was a shepherd, right? He was leading sheep in the middle of the wilderness. That was what was happening for those 40 to 80 years. And then God was saying, okay, now that you did this with the sheep, the animals, now let me give you the people. Hello? But see... You and I, we're like, give me the people first. God, God said, well, hold on. I, I don't know if I can even trust you. You can't even, you can't even turn your lights off. <laughs> Get in the car and wonder if you left the iron on, right? God's going to see. God says, can you be faithful with little things so I can make you ruler over much? But we want to be made ruler over much without being faithful with little things. But see, if you gave me a million dollars, no, I had a lady tell me one time, would you pray to God that he could give you those lotto numbers? And I told her, yeah, I'm going to pray right now. Mm-hmm. God gave me a number, sister, write it down. And I said, number 10. She wrote it down, number 10. And I said, all right, the next number, what is, oh, God said 100. Yeah. And then she said, what is that? No, pastor, uh, 100 is not in the numbers for the lotto. I said, no, it's in the number. I said, if you give God 10% of everything you make, and if you give God 100% percent of your life, you're going to hit the jackpot every time. Come on, somebody. Amen. Somebody going to try to play the lotto. No, you're not in Jesus' name. Pastor Mike never let me come back. But see, God asked Moses, what's that in your hand? And this is a loaded question, right? Because you think about Moses' life, it's not like he's just got this stick and he's been holding it for years saying, God, when you tell me what to do with this thing, I'm going to figure it out, right? No, he didn't even know God was going to use it. He was going about his business. He was, God is in the habit. I got to preach to this side for a second. God is in the habit of taking things that we use every single day, things that we handle. Come on, can you handle it this morning? Some people say, I can't handle the truth, but I want you to handle it this morning. God takes everything. Everyday things, like your car keys, he puts them in your hand. And it's not just to go to and fro and do what you want to do. But one day he said, put them keys in that car, and I want you to go on down there, and I want you to go past the mall, and don't worry about what's on sale. Come on, Jesus, amen. And, and I want you to go on past the mall, and I want you to go on past that your favorite restaurant, and I want you to turn into this place because there's a lady that you used to visit you haven't seen in a while, and she's real lonely today. And all of a sudden, a simple everyday item of the keys in your hand now I've taken you on a journey and on a mission from God. Come on, somebody. 
And I'm going to tell you, Moses wasn't always handling the right things with his hands. In fact, the Bible tells us that, you know, when he was growing up, he was in the, uh, he was in the courts of Pharaoh, and he was eating that sumptuous food from Pharaoh's table until the day that he was finding out, hey, look, I'm not really with these people. They fooled me my whole life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we think we're with, we, we, we want to be like somebody because we see that, we admire that, and the whole time we're trying to fit in, we're a, we're a corner piece and they're in the middle of the jigsaw puzzle. We're never going to fit with them. Quit trying to fit in where you don't fit in. Fit in where you get in. Come on, lay your life down. Amen. Fit in where you belong. Because when you get into the place where you need to be and I get into the place where I need to be, the puzzle comes together and then people can see who Jesus really is. <laughs> He's a whole lot bigger than me. He's a whole lot bigger than you. He's us. Together, us, we're going to take what's in our hand to the community on Wednesday night and Thursday night and Friday night and Saturday morning and Saturday night and from here on till Jesus blow the horn. Amen. Amen. Y'all can clap for that. He had all kinds of stuff. And, you know, one day, in fact, what got him to the wilderness was that he went down to see his brothers in Exodus chapter 2. He goes down there to figure out these are the Hebrew people. And he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, beating him so bad that he, the Bible said he looked that way and that way. He looked this way and that way. And he slew. In other words, he took his hands and killed a man and then buried and hid the body. Oh, y'all don't hear that about Moses because that, that ain't the latest breaking news about Moses, right? But that's what got him to flee into the wilderness in the first place. And some of the things that we've done with our hands have been the wrong things. I can look at these hands and I can tell you these hands have handled the wrong things in life. Sometimes we misuse the very things that God puts into our hands. Amen, back wall. Y'all know they don't want to say amen. But, uh, the wall in the back got to say amen for me this morning. But we've got to understand that God is up to something, amen? And we see this, this, this shepherd's staff, and what do we know about it? It's a stick. It's a dead thing. But when God says, here's what you need to do with it, throw it down. Come on, the original throw down. Come here, about to throw it down, amen? Moses says, throw it down. He throws it down. And God takes the dead thing and makes it a living thing. So living that it scares Moses. Hello? I don't know about you. They say, ain't no rock going to outpraise me and ain't no snake going to outrace me. Amen. When he threw that thing down, it became a snake. And the Bible said that Moses fled. You can be, listen, when God asks you to throw something down that he can use it, it can be so scary to you, it might send you running. I'm preaching a whole lot better than you're letting on this morning. Amen. And see, you like, God, it's just a, you know, it's just a stick. It ain't even a lot. Come on. A branch is at least living. It can bear fruit. It can, it can do. Some of y'all have some dead things and things that you've been using over and over every day, and you don't even think God can use it. But I'm telling you, uh, Tyrone came by here to tell you on this side and on this side that what's in your hand is good enough for God. Stop shortchanging it. Stop saying it ain't enough. Just say, God, whatever's in my hand, I'm going to give it to you. You tell me where to throw it down. Amen? I mean, think about that stick. It did a lot, of, it did a lot more miracles than turning into a snake. He's, he hit it up against a rock and water came for a very thirsty people. He parted the Red Sea with a stick. 
We heard Pastor Mike talk about that. And I'm telling you right now, God knows what he's up to because I didn't tell them what the name of my message is. And then here's that last song, I'll lift my hands. Hello, somebody. You better get a clue, Sherlock Holmes. God is in the building. Amen. So this, this idea of, uh, of, of Moses, he has a stick that is, it's multifaceted. God can take the very thing and use it one way one day, and another day he'll use it another way. You got a phone there. Some of you got it in your hand, and, or you're watching me with the, the phone on your very hand, and God's saying, what's that in your hand? He may ask you to reach out to somebody to take, uh, uh, take that phone and to begin to call somebody that needs to be talked to, someone that needs to hear the word of God today. Amen? What's that in your hand? And see, that's the age-old question, y'all. From the very beginning of time, it's always been about a, a battle of what's been in a hand. When you think about God, he created. He said, let there be, let there be, let there be. And all the stuff was, but not with man. He didn't say, let there be. The Bible tells us that he formed a man out of the dust of the earth. You know what that language is in the Hebrew? That's potter jargon. In other words, a master potter would use to, to squeeze clay and to mold and to shape. God got you and I. We we're a part of his creation. We were in his hands, and you're still in his hands if, you're in, if he's in your life. Amen. And then you've got to deal with the, what, what, there's been a battle for what's been in a man's hand. Right from Adam and Eve. The serpent slithered into the garden and tried to get the wrong thing into the hands of man, and he did it. So don't think that you can leave this church this morning or turn off this video camera today and just, just say, oh, well, all good, it's all good, everything I got came from God. Let me tell you something, the devil will tell you to pick up stuff that ain't no good for your life. Yes, he will. You got to get rid of that stuff. But when we go through this Bible, and I've, I've got to get on, if I could go ahead and start preaching now, would y'all, would that be okay with everybody? <laughs> Pastor Mike is saying, we got two services, brother. <laughs> yeah. But here's the truth. Let me just get, I, I want you to know that, that question, it went through the Bible. David with Goliath reaching down to get five smooth stones. What's that in your hand, David? The whole army's scared. For 40 days, this giant's been taunting God's people. When they went to pray. And God used a little shepherd boy who had already been using what was in his hand in the, in the fields, amen, and brought him out there to slay a giant. When you get to Jesus' life, you see that question pop up all the time. Jesus, what's that in your hand? When he's a young boy, as a carpenter's son, I'm sure he had a hammer and nails and saw, and he's learning how to construct and to build. And one day, he, God was going to use him to build the temple of God, your temple and my temple, the body of Christ, Amen. Jesus, what sat in your hand? It was scriptures, and there at 12 years old, he's asking questions, and the people are like, mm, I ain't never heard that question before, young man. What is that? What's your name again? Yeshua? Yeah. Guess what? What sat in your hand kept growing in his life. Jesus, what sat in your hand? Oh, it's a little boy's lunch. They just gave it to me. These people have been here, but I'm going to break it open, and I'm going to multiply it and make it a miracle for the hungry that are sitting on this hillside. Jesus, what's that in your hand? Oh, well, it ain't a rock. I know the adulteress is here, and I know this whole crowd of people want to stone her, and they got rocks in their hand, but let me tell you what I got. He's down there stooping down in the dirt, and he's got dust on his hands. And he looks up and sees the crowd gone. He says, woman, where are your accusers? They're not here. And she probably thought he had a rock. All he had was dust, and he just wiped it off his hand. He said, go and sin. No more. 
Jesus, what's that in your hand? I can think of that last supper he had, or that last night he had. Jesus, what's that in your hand? Well, it's the feet of my disciples. Think about that. He, the master, the teacher, getting down on his knees and washing the dirty feet of his disciples. And why was he doing it? He said, because God put these feet into my hand. And I'm trusting that when I leave this planet Earth, these feet are beautiful and they're going to preach the good news. And I want to bless them one more time. Jesus, what's that in your hand? He's in the garden wiping the sweat off of his brow because he's praying, saying, Father, I don't want to drink from this cup, but nevertheless, your will, not my will be done. Jesus, what's that in your hand? Well, my my followers got a little crazy and cut this dude's ear off by the name of Malchus. And I got to put this ear back on him. Y'all don't know any Christians that mess up a little bit, do you? In the name of Jesus, slicing and dicing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of quiet when you preach like this. Listen, y'all. The truth is there's been a battle for what's been in a man's hand, and it was the question that Father God was asking Jesus. Jesus, what's that in your hand? I'm telling you, he was tied to that whipping post. And his back was laid open, and the Bible said, by his stripes, you and I have been healed. Jesus, what's that in your hand? It's the nails. It's the nails and the blood is dripping from his hand. And this morning, you and I, that blood is testifying better things about us. Jesus, what's that in your hand? Well, it's the scars that will remain. And when you see me, you're going to know that it was me that paid the price for you. Because I ain't dead. I'm alive and I live forevermore. Come on. Woo! Jesus, what's that in your hand? Well, it's my reward. The Bible said that Jesus is coming and his reward is in his hand. Come on, y'all. We need to know that God's got something to give to us today. And that's that's what's in your hand. That's what's in your hand. I can remember there have been a time when I these hands have done these things that I wished I hadn't done. But guess what? I did them. And I look at those hands and I see the things that I've done. But I also realize when God saved me and set me free, he put things in my hands. We just had a shovel. I had a shovel in my hands at the end of last year digging in the dirt. And that was for the foundation of a church building that has been pray. A people have been praying for a church building for 22 years. He changes the things in your hands and he uses the things in your hands. And this, this week, God is putting time in your hands. He's putting an opportunity in your hands. You know what he's saying to you? He said, like, you are going to have an opportunity like we did yesterday. Guess what? We went out with those bags. We had 200 of them. We, I told Pastor Mike, I said, we don't probably need all these. He said, yeah, I know, but we got to take them anyway because this is the box we got, okay? So we put them in there, and guess what? God outfoxed Pastor Mike and me, and he did more through 16 people. Come on, every person, if you, 162 in less than an hour. Hey, less than an hour, we reached 162 families. That's over 10 per person. And it wasn't like all these were like, you know, evangelist brain surgeons. They were just being trained and they just went out in faith. And that's what you need to do. Guess what? We're going we're gonna to start to pray right now because I believe that God wants to speak to somebody in this moment. If you're listening by line, uh, online, if you're listening, I want you to tune in for this last part of the message. Because God is going to show you half stuff in your hand already. In this week alone, there'll be 158 hours. 
you had 158 hours last week. Let's just think, because we don't know what will happen, because tomorrow's not promised to us. But let's just look at last week. You had 158 hours. If you worked a 40-hour job, you, 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 know, you, go to, you go to your 9 to 5, that's an average of 40 hours a week. So you take that off your 152, and guess where you're down to? 118 hours. If you sleep 8 hours, some people like to sleep 10. <laughs> but if you sleep 8 hours, you're down to 62 hours. Friend. So that's what you have for the rest of the week. What did you do with those 62 hours? What, that time was in your hands. How much of that did you employ on God's behalf? I mean, I know you were scrolling. I just hope it was the holy rolling scrolling that you was doing. Amen? I'm serious now. You, got, you, 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 can do with, you can do with it what you want, but you will stand and account for it one day. Yes, you will. I will, too. Amen. And what we have to understand is that this week we have an opportunity. We have these community care bags and we're going to go out on Wednesday. I'll invite you to come out. Be there at 530 at the Frank Pierce Recreational Center right there at Bartlett Park. Come on out Wednesday. You can't make it out at 530. Come out that day at 530. Come out the next day at 530 or Thursday. You can't come out either of those days. You got a Friday night. You got a Saturday night. You can't do it then. You got a care fest Saturday. Come on, don't quit running out of excuses, Moses. Come on. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be out there saying, well, I don't know what am I supposed to do? I don't know nothing about kids. Well, listen, you know something about Jesus. And you just got to say, God, what's, what are you putting in my hand? It's going to be a snow cone or a piece of pizza for a kid. It, it's going to be a ticket. And all of a sudden, God's going to supernaturally anoint you to speak and to have conversation and be God's light and love to somebody this week. Amen. Now, here's where I want to go. I want you to pray with me right now. Would you close your eyes? Because I believe God is touching folk. I believe God is touching them deep in their heart. If you're online, I want you to listen because here's the deal. Some of us, we have to admit that we have been handling some of the wrong things with the things God's been giving us, handling it the wrong way. Situations and things. We haven't taken full advantage of the things that God has placed in our hands. And maybe that's because we don't know what to do. But you can pray right now and say, God, show me what to do with what's in my hand. It might be something you've been doing every day of your life. And all of a sudden now God said, oh no, let me show you how you use this to help somebody get to me. Maybe you, you're like me and you in your life have picked up the wrong thing and you couldn't let it go. I'll tell you, there was a day when I couldn't put down a, a bottle. There wasn't a day that I couldn't go without some type of drug coming into my hand and getting into my life. But I want you to know that I knew that that was destroying my future, but I still couldn't let it go. I needed somebody with more power in his hands than I had in my hands. And that power is the power of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, in his hands, there's healing. In his hands, there's deliverance. In his hands, you look at them hands, they got the holes to prove it, but in his hands, there's salvation. And in his name this morning, I believe that those listening and even here in the sanctuary this morning, you say, I need to get those things out of my hands because they're ruining my life. If that's you this morning, all you have to do is right here, right where you are, say to the Lord, Lord, I need your help. I admit, God, I've been handling the wrong things. I've been holding on to the wrong. Somebody holding on to a grudge. Somebody holding on to unforgiveness. Let it go. 
let it go in Jesus' name so you can be free to serve God and that when your hand is empty before God, he can put something in your hand today. You can pray a very simple prayer like I prayed and say, God, my life is a mess. If you can do anything with it, I'll give it to you right now. You can say, Jesus, I want to be forgiven for the things I've done with my hands. And not only my hands, with my heart, my mind, my mouth, all of me, whatever I've done that has not been according to your word and your desire, I say, I'm sorry, Lord. Will you help me today, Lord, to do the right things and handle the right things the right way with my hands and with my life? I ask that in Jesus' name. You're also sitting here this morning, and I have to get these people because you are here, and you have an opportunity this week, and you say, God, I want to know what to do. Right now, Father, I stretch forth my hand towards everyone in here, and God, I say, you're speaking, Lord. Help us to hear you. Show us what we already have in our hands, Lord. How can we use it to get what you want? We're going to use what we have to get what you want, Lord. And if it's not in our hands, we're going to go anyhow. Because we know that when we get there, you're going to put the right thing and the right opportunity into our hands so that we can use it for your glory because our heart is right with you. We want to be used. We want to be used. We want to serve you, Lord. And to serve you, Lord, means we're going to serve one another and serve others with whatever you put into our hands. Would you stand on your feet? And I, I tell you right now that that spirit of the Lord is just, just if you just lift up your hands, just, just those empty hands before the Lord. If you're there watching, just lift up your hands where you are. And as you lift up your hands, say, Lord, I want you to wash away any stain of yesterday, that what, that something that didn't belong there. I want that freedom. And when you're doing that, you know what you're doing? You're surrendering to God. Say, Lord, my tomorrow, you know how much time I got this week and for the rest of my life, I want to surrender. Put something in my hands. Would you pray that right now? Lord, put something in my hands that belongs there and teach me how to use it according to your way, according to your will according to your desire. Now watch this. This is the last thing. Take that one hand that's empty. Put it in the other hand that's empty and put them together. Now look what you got. Look what God put in our hands every single day that we're not doing. But I'm going to pray this week that this week you just grab that other hand. Now you pray for somebody right here. Pray for somebody in your life. Who is that that needs a prayer? You just think of them right now and just with those hands clenched you say, Lord, touch them. Reach them, Lord. I won't ever have to say I ain't got nothing in my hand. I got this hand and I'm going to pray and believe for miracles for people in Jesus' name. Amen. Now put your hands together. Amen. Hallelujah.